most of our patients haven't had to come back because traditionally this was done with just anesthetic. And so those patients had to come back every three months. But now that we're, we've changed it with peptides and exosomes, we're actually reprogramming or changing the signaling of the nervous system. So we're actually seeing sustained and long-term results. So it's pretty cool. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls, and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome to the show, Dr. Khan. I'm so excited to chat with you today. And on a personal level, this has really come at the most perfect time. Uh, I just chatted with you before we pressed record, but I was dealing with like this really strange illness for like seven, eight weeks. Still don't know what it is, but I'm really excited to dive deep with learning all about aging well your new advancements in regenerative medicine and also stem cell treatments and so much more. So welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with me today. Yeah. Hopefully we can dig into what's going on with you, but also educate everyone a little bit about cell and gene therapy. I would love that. Um, So you are an expert in lifestyle medicine, helping people to understand the basics, you know, sleep, exercise, stress management, as well as nutrition. How did you get into this line of work? Let's kind of go back and share your backstory for all the listeners today. Yeah, I think I was very fortunate just because I was a pretty big gym junkie. And I used that as kind of a stepping stone to choose my first real career, I guess, as a personal trainer. And being in the fitness industry, you obviously see a lot of people change their health in a positive way by just exercising. And you literally see people who were diabetic, uh, who go into remission or in control with with exercise or high blood pressure or heart disease, cholesterol, all sorts of things that are probably the most common illnesses that we deal with on a day-to-day basis in modern medicine. And we can see profound changes using just lifestyle interventions. So when I went to medical school, I was kind of confused. I'm like, why are we not learning about the root cause or why are we learning about like actually how to treat this stuff or prevent it uh, from a root cause level? So it was all really surface level, meaning everything we learned was about pharmaceuticals and how to address different pathological conditions by using symptom management, essentially. And Mm so we had one lecture on nutrition, which was basically the canned food guide. And uh, so at that point, I was like, well, there's no hope. And so <laughs> I realized this is the this is a profession and it's very one sided. And so I just took it upon myself to educate myself upon integrative functional medicine. And obviously that includes naturopathic medicine. So in addition to learning the usual stuff, I also learned all the other stuff. And I kind of 
just enjoyed combining the two because I felt like I could help more people. And from there, it just kind of took me down this road of sports medicine just because of my background in fitness. And then in sports medicine, I was fortunate to work with Dr. Gallia, who's kind of like the pioneer of platelet-rich plasma injections. And with that, it was kind of like, okay, he's obviously doing something innovative that's treating a lot of high-end athletes and some of the best people who in performance in the world. And so there's obviously something to this. And so that's how I got into the whole regenerative medicine field. And then that opened up the whole door. When you go into regenerative medicine, you realize it's much more than just PRP. There's It's this whole umbrella of cell therapy, gene editing, gene therapy, and tissue engineering. And that's really where my focus has gone into, more or less because I saw a gap of people just not getting better. And it's like, well, if you're only going to send people for physio or surgery, for example, if you have a shoulder issue, and that's the only options you're giving them, or cortisone, which is just an anti-inflammatory drug, it's like, why aren't we talking about other options when there are so many? And so it was really just different by a desire to want to reach more people. And that's kind of what keeps me motivated now. It's like, how do I scale this and reach more people around the world? Because that's what keeps me entertained. I love it. And, you know, like I said, this came at the most perfect time because when I was going through um, this illness, this gut issue, I, I really, I'm I'm always about like, well, why, why did this actually happen? You know, like, yeah, you can treat the symptoms is what you're saying, but there's got to be a deeper, like a deeper reason why. And so, you know, working with an osteopath, you seem like you're like the one-stop shop, but you know, I called my naturopath, my doctor, my osteopath, we're all kind of working as a team. Cause I feel like you really need to take charge of your health now and look deeper than just the actual symptom itself. So I absolutely love that. I already said I'm, I want to come to see you now. But um, let's talk about gene therapy. How do you help clients improve their quality of life or health with like proprietary gene therapy and, and interventional procedures? Can we dive deep into that? Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they hear the word gene therapy, they get scared. They're like, are you modifying my genes? Like, what, yeah. are, you, what are you doing to me? <laughs> And so they think they think that we're editing their genome or changing their genetics. But with our technology, we're not doing that. And, th and that's why I think it's a really cool tech. It's basically just restoring whatever target that we want back to a previous level. So, for example, there are certain peptides or proteins in your body that as you get older, the levels become less and less. And these are there's so many of them. And that's obviously associated with aging. And there's so many of them that have protective benefits. So what our gene therapy does is essentially just restores whatever peptide of interest, for example, back to an optimal level. And so it's just a vector to deliver, a, just a, it's just really the delivery mechanism that's really the unique thing about it. And the reason it's called a gene therapy is because we are introducing a foreign plasmid DNA into your body, but the plasmid, the cool thing about the plasmid is it's, it's from bacteria, E. coli, but there's no live bacteria in there. And mm. there's also because traditionally gene therapies were used using viral vectors, but the problem with viruses is there can go into, they can cause issues because it's a virus. Uh, it's rare, but it can happen. And also viruses are not reversible uh, and they're also not repeatable. Once you, once you do it, you can't do it again. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas our gene therapy lasts for 18 to 24 months. And so it can be repeated. And then it's also reversible. Let's just say for whatever reason, you don't like how you feel on it. You can just take an antibiotic called tetracycline or in the class of tetracycline and it'll, it's a kill switch. So you have all these safety mechanisms built into it. 
but my favorite part about it is definitely the fact that it's it's a plasmid which is inert, meaning it's it's not immunogenic, so it doesn't trigger your immune system. There's no offsite targets, and it doesn't integrate into your DNA. And this is in contrast to something like the lipid nanoparticle vector, which was used for COVID vaccine, which turns out is probably not the safest vector because it can have offsite targets and it can also be immunogenic in some people, which is why we see some weird reactions with the COVID vaccine. Obviously not everyone gets those, but I'm sure mm -hmm. we've all heard of stories of patients or people we know who had funny reactions to the vaccine. And the reason for that is because of the, the vector that they used and probably also the purification process, but that's a whole other tangent. Uh, but okay. the uh, whole the other podcast. Is, yeah, exactly. The point is our vector is very safe and it's non-immunogenic and it basically is just a way for your bodies to produce more of the gene of interest and put it into the circulatory system. So our first our first product, uh, which is available now, is called Follostatin Gene Therapy. And it's, if Follostatin is a peptide that's been around forever, like probably 25 years, but it's just the problem with it is a short half-life, meaning you'd have to inject yourself repeatedly. So this delivery vehicle, just you do one injection and it keeps your circulatory levels optimal for 18 to 24 months. So that's, that's just the simple way huh. of putting it. So how do you find out, like, I, I'm, I'm guessing you do like labs and you find out where somebody's lacking in certain areas. Is that how you start with a patient? Well, most of my patients are already gone through the system. <laughs> and okay. They've been, okay. Through, they've been through multiple doctors. They've had all the blood tests known to man. And yeah. I, they're already coming to me to kind of see what else is out there because they're, they're you're more or less desperate for help. And I'm kind of their last resort. So it's, it's a fun job because I get to help a lot of people who lost hope and obviously giving them some hope and being able to help a lot of them is really rewarding. So, yeah. so most of the time, I'm not the one ordering the test because they've already had tests. However, okay. having said that, we do work with, we do have a team that we work with sometimes if we need more advanced diagnostics, uh, so for example, certain toxins and certain more advanced blood diagnostics, especially that aren't available in Canada, then we'll, we will order those. Uh, but a lot of times it's just, it's just really understanding, like we were talking about what the root cause is, which is kind mm -hmm. of coming back to a lot of molecular mechanisms, uh, mm -hmm. which is essentially what's actually happening at a cellular level that's causing the dysfunction and can we restore that cellular dysfunction back to normal? And that's really the promise of regenerative medicine, essentially just repairing tissue back to a previous state. And are you um, ask like, I, I guess, um, with the labs and everything, you're, you're also asking what their symptoms are, right? Like yes. what actually is going on? And then you're knowledgeable enough to kind of direct them in the right, in the right. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have okay. a pretty broad knowledge set now and that's okay. just partly because I've traveled the world and worked all over and have had a lot of good mentors along the way so that's that's the key to I think success in this field is you got to continue learning mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of doctors just they don't know what they don't know and that's the biggest yeah. issue yeah yeah what exactly is regenerative medicine yeah I mean at a really broad level it's basically just like we want to restore whatever damaged tissue or organ you have back to a previous state. Uh, okay. It's just repairing tissue instead of cutting it out or instead of giving a drug just to mask it. It's it's really this idea of repairing and restoring the body back to normal. We always say our slogan, so to speak, is the we believe the body has an innate ability to heal and we just kind of want to give it the right tools and signals so it can heal. Mm, I love that. 
I love that because I was telling myself that throughout these eight weeks, like trust your body, it's going to heal. It just might take time. And that was, that was really one of the things with me is like, I take care of myself. I sleep well, I exercise. I maybe don't manage stress <laughs> now that I'm realizing it now. I thought I did. I eat well though. And, and so when my body wasn't repairing quick enough, that was a real hard mental game for me. Cause I was like, well, what else can I do? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's where these things can be very powerful because they can yeah. help with the signals or the tools to get your body to heal. And there's obviously things before what we do too. Like that's, I mean, that's what the whole, you know, supplements and lifestyle and all that stuff is really just sending signals and creating the right environment to give your body the opportunity to heal. But sometimes that's not enough. So mm -hmm. then it's like, what else is out there? Yeah. 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 I'm learning that now. How how do cell cell um, stem cell treatments help cure illness? Because this is fairly uh, a new thing, or from what I know, it's fairly new within Canada. Maybe it's been, you know, out there for a while. But how does it actually cure illness? Yeah, I mean, stem cells have been around for maybe twenty years now, but like in terms of clinical use. But the issue was always how do we standardize them and how do we mm -hmm. actually get them to reproducibly do what we want, which is kind of the era we're getting into now. But stem cells at a very broad level are kind of like the building blocks to help restore tissue. And so they have this cool ability to turn into different types of tissue. So meaning they can regrow into different cell types, but then they also have this ability to divide and grow. And so this is very unique about the stem cell type uh, compared to other types of tissue. And so obviously there's always been this idea of since stem cells were first discovered, how do we use them to actually do what we want in that? How do we get them to go to places and how do we get them to stay there and tell the body to heal? So that's the era we're getting into now. We're getting much more precise with genetic engineering, but at the at a very high level, what stem cells do more than anything, especially the first generation of stem cells, which are, for example, umbilical cord tissue, we take the stem cells, we manufacture them in our lab and we grow them and then we can inject them or put them intravenously. And what they're doing is they're basically sending signals to reduce inflammation and change the micro environment in which you're put in. And a chronic inflammation, as probably most people know, is one of the biggest drivers of chronic disease. So if you mm -hmm. can modulate or restore or change the signaling process of that inflammatory process, you're going to get a lot of success treating a lot of different issues. And that's why it's, I think it's hard for uh, traditional physicians to understand. It was for me too. It's like, how can, how can one kind of cell product treat so many different medical conditions? It's because the underlying process of that condition, those conditions are all very similar. So mm -hmm. that's why we're treating inflammatory bowel disease, rheumatoid arthritis, even though, you know, you may go to a rheumatologist or a gastroenterologist in the traditional system, you can treat this using kind of the cell therapy approach using the same kind of technology. So it's very, it's very different and it's going to be, it's going to take, it's a big shift. Uh, but I do think this is a way forward because it's, it's kind of that functional medicine shift, which is kind of like, yeah. what's the, what's the actual cellular root cause and restoring that. And really focusing on the inflammation part, because you're saying inflammation kind of causes all, all the issues, right? Like yeah. I mean, from cardiovascular disease mm -hmm. to 
in diabetes, you can, we can inject, you know, stem cells into the pancreas and intravenously, and that can actually help wow. to get people off insulin. So, and that's because wow. of in, cause there's a big component of inflammation that goes with insulin resistance, for example, but then obviously conditions like osteoarthritis that's caused by a lot of inflammation too. And, and then we can help to get rid of that and restore uh, cartilage health. And it's not just inflammation is one of the drivers, but I should say there's, there's 12 hallmarks of aging now. So there used to be 10, now there's 12. And so I won't list all 12 because it'll probably bore your audience to sleep, but let's, I'll just list a few like mitochondrial dysfunction, chronic yeah. inflammation is obviously one, uh, mm -hmm. gut dysbiosis is one. And then telomere attrition, which is like shortening of the telomeres. There's something called loss of proteostasis, genomic instability, which is when the DNA becomes unstable. And so there's all these hallmarks. And it turns out these 12 hallmarks are actually very similar disease processes amongst different diseases. So mm -hmm. if you look at infertility, chronic, you, you know, from infertility to dementia to uh, diabetes, a lot of the underlying disease processes are actually due to these hallmarks. And so if you go to these hallmarks, these are kind of the root drivers of as to why these chronic diseases manifest in the first place. So if you treat the hallmarks and you restore cell function that way, that's why we can get success with treating so many issues. And the cool thing about stem cells, unlike pharmaceuticals, is they're what's called pleiotropic. Pleiotropic just means they have multiple effects, whereas drugs are designed on purpose to just have one effect. But then that's not how the body works when it comes to chronic illness. Mm, that's and does everybody have access to stem cells or do they have to see somebody like your, yourself? Like how would one go about this? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest issue is is what is what you're just saying, which is basically there's there's a million people offering stem cells now, but the lack of okay. credibility and standardization is really mm -hmm. uh, lacking. And so you can't you can't unfortunately trust most places you go to because they're just a lot of people are just trying to more or less cash in on the opportunity and they're not really doing the research and they're not doing things properly. And that's why it gives us a, it gives a bad name to people who are actually trying to do it properly. Uh, so. Yeah. So it is accessible now in the U.S. Uh, more so than Canada. Canada's really far behind, like ten years behind, if not fifteen years now. Uh, so we're yeah we're 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 uh, lacking. I, I am doing a clinical trial uh, for osteoarthritis in Canada, uh, but even that we're only using your body's own stem cells. And using your own stem cells is not ideal, especially after age 40, because one of the hallmarks of aging is called stem cell exhaustion, which just means the stem cells ability to do what they need to do decreases as you age, which makes sense, right? Like when yeah. you're a baby, when you're baby yeah. you get a cut on your face, it heals right away. And yeah. then when you're, when you're older, when you're, it takes forever to heal. Right. And why is that? That's because of stem cell exhaustion. Yeah. So yeah. Restoring, so keeping your stem cells, so that's why using your own stem cells after age 40 is probably not ideal. Um, so essentially in Canada, we can't even do umbilical cord stem cells. So you do have to, most of my patients have to travel and they come see me in Mexico or Dubai or you oh, know, wow. Switzerland okay. or Tokyo. I work in Tokyo as well this summer. And wow. I, do, I do stem cells in all these jurisdictions because it's legal, it's approved, it's regulated. And, uh, but we're also doing it to the right you know, we're trying to do it to the highest standard possible. Uh, whereas a lot of the other clinics are just kind of, you know, offering it and they're not, you there's, there's definitely a lot we still need to learn. And so I think trying to get the best results by combining different approaches, like we often use peptides and other things to get the best results. Whereas I find a lot of other stem cell clinics are just very Mickey mouse with this stuff. So, and they're yeah. not, my advice in general would be don't go to a doctor unless they're doing 
research as well, or they're involved on the science side very actively because it's still a very nascent field and there's mm -hmm. still a lot of work that needs to be done. So you have to know, you have to be well-versed in the science as well as the clinical application of stem cells. Great info. So essentially you're using somebody else's stem cells, like a younger, more healthier. Well, just umbilical. Yeah. After birth, yeah. you just take the C-section after umbilical yeah. tissue. It not really gets thrown away. And instead of throwing it away, we just collect it. And we, I, I saved Jackson's. I saved my first son's. So yeah. I have it in storage. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. But the ir ir irony is you can't even use it in Canada. Oh, and so I'm paying for it for no reason. <laughs> That's crazy. Basically, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So if I wanted to use it, I'd have to take it out and we'd have to see, see each other in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, good to know. Guys, I'm going to take a little break from the podcast and talk about something that's really important to me, and that is energy. Now, we could all use a little bit more energy. Am I right? Now, I've got a cool little hack for you, and it's one scoop of burn cycle to replace your coffee. You know I'm not a huge fan of so-called weight loss products, but I'm in favor of delicious and easy ways to boost energy. Burn Cycle tastes amazing. My favorites are watermelon candy and blue raspberry. They both taste like summer to me. And it gives you an incredible focus and energy throughout your day. Way better than a regular cup of coffee. Burn Cycle is made by Perfect Sports and they make a bunch of other products that are easily the top of the line in performance, quality, and results. Like the incredible Diesel New Zealand Grass-Fed Whey Isolate, the new Diesel Vegan, and the ALTRD State Pre-Workout, and many more. I've known about Perfect Sports for years now, and I've been working with them for months now. So if you want to get any of their amazing top-of-the-line supplements, click the link in the show notes below and save 20% off your order. What other treatments are you doing right now that's helping people change their lives? You you mentioned the um, the vagus nerve block injection that possibly could even help me. What What is that all about? Yeah, so that's what we call a, a, a nervous system reset. Okay. So reset meaning that we're rebooting the nervous system, which is very important for regulating everything, <laughs> essentially. Uh, and it actually communicates with your immune system too. So it can play a role in chronic inflammation as well. But the main reason is, is uh, Gabor Mate and a lot of other prominent physicians in the trauma space have talked about for years how the body keeps the score or the, how the body kind of remembers trauma. And so what happens after you have trauma, whether it's overt, obvious trauma, or it's sometimes subconscious, which it is for a lot of people. And what happens is your nervous system is in this state of where it always feels kind of aroused. It's called sympathetic overdrive. And your relaxation system, which is the parasympathetic nervous system, can't relax and it can't let go, so to speak. So you have this imbalance and then this imbalance in the nervous system kind of messes up all your stress hormones, your adrenaline, and you just your body doesn't respond to things like the way it should. So the perfect example is people who have trauma, when they get when they have some sort of adrenaline rush or cortisol, instead of feeling excited and energetic, they'll actually feel more tired and drained. And mm -hmm. so these things are all mediated by the nervous system. And it's because of the signals that they're sending. And there's something called vagus nerve dysfunction, 
the vagus nerve is this gigantic nerve that comes out of the brainstem and down into your neck here and then goes throughout and innervates the diaphragm and multiple organs. And it plays a huge role in, in not just mediating kind of your relaxation response, but also inflammation as well. And neuroinflammation, it can mediate as well. So, so if we can restore function to the vagus nerve, then obviously that can have a broad impact on your body. So what we do is we inject exosomes and peptides into the vagus nerve. And then we do do a block for the stellate ganglion, which is just below the vagus nerve. And that block, what it does with peptides is it kind of helps to reboot that nervous system and calm it down. Uh, and that's what the exosomes and peptides are doing too. Exosomes are just essentially growth factors and signals, cytokines that are derived from stem cells. So they're kind of the soup that the stem cells grow in. So there's no actual okay. stem cells in there, but they're all the signals. So essentially they're just restoring signaling to the vagus nerve. And by restoring signaling to the vagus nerve and the stellate ganglion, we're reprogramming the nervous system. So people with severe trauma will literally, it'll literally change your life. Uh, but for people who have autonomic nervous dysfunction, which is very common after illnesses, after COVID, long COVID, vaccine injury too, and lots of different medical conditions, so, so there's so many conditions. It's crazy how many conditions are associated with vagus nerve dysfunction. So it's and it, it, that's why the vagus nerve stimulators and vagus nerve exercises and all this stuff is becoming popular. But okay. they're very small needle movers compared to obviously what we're doing, where we're actually going directly in with a needle near the vagus nerve. And so obviously it's a lot more impactful than just using a superficial vagus nerve stimulator, which may may or may not work. So so basically it's just one procedure, but it helps to reboot the nervous system and can have really big impacts for people with mental illness, but also just with a variety of medical conditions where the nervous system may be part of the dysfunction. Wow. And how, like, how often do you need to get this injection? How long does it last? I mean, most of our patients haven't had to come back because wow. we're just using anesthetic. Traditionally, this was done with just anesthetic. And so those patients had to come back every three months. But now that we're, we've changed it with peptides and exosomes, we're actually reprogramming or changing the signaling of the nervous system. So we're actually seeing sustained and long-term results. So it's pretty cool. That's really cool. And I, and I don't want to keep flipping at this to me, but I mean, having a long illness like that, I've, I've totally felt the central nervous system, like in overdrive, like tingling in my arms, tingling in my legs that aren't, it's not going away, you know, feeling more anxious, feeling more heightened exactly. where I never felt that way before. Like I've never had any anxiety issues before this. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely coming to see you after this. <laughs> yes. You can see why you can see why this procedure has become very popular. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh my gosh. Just because it can help so many people. And and the the kind of sad thing is that I mean it only takes like five, 10 minutes and like it's so inaccessible because I there's no other doctors really doing it. And wow. in in Canada, I think I'm the only one. In the States, there's a few, uh, but it's not it still really needs a lot more skill like we have to get the word out to a lot more doctors and train more people just because i think there's at the end of the day there's probably millions of people who could benefit from it yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. sounds like it it sounds like it can you share a story of how regenerative medicine has helped somebody like return to like their top form do you have a do you have a story you can pull from oh there's there's so many stories <laughs> but i always i mean the stories i i like the most are the ones who are kind of the most vulnerable uh, or marginalized populations and being able to help them. I always get it. It's always nice. And the, and you know, we, cause we do do heart hardship pricing and stuff cause it's not covered. Nothing's covered. And so yeah. we often help people like this. And um, the one, the one of the people 
that we treated uh, maybe last year was uh, this. She's a single mother with uh, two kids and she kind of had this bilateral really bad shoulder pain and she's from Ottawa which is about four hours away from Toronto and it basically she saw every doctor there and they did cortisone and then didn't work and then you know they did MRIs and they said well there isn't really much else that we can do you're just gonna have to live like this and she couldn't live like this like it was it was, it was painful to the point where she, she had a hard time driving and she couldn't work mm -hmm. uh, and so she had to go on disability and so imagine being a single mom on disability and trying to get by it's very obviously you're essentially you're just in a very difficult situation. Absolutely. And and so she found me through a YouTube video or something. And so she came and uh, I told her, I think we can help her. And so we did a focused ultrasound where we use our high, res high resolution ultrasound to do a dynamic assessment and kind of really see what's going on. And then we figured out that there were some tears in her shoulder that were missed on MRI, which happens quite often. And then we we're able to identify them and then we we're able to repair them just using platelet-rich plasma and the, which is where we take your blood. We, we basically centrifuge it and we concentrate the platelets. But the key nuance with PRP too is how do you prepare the PRP? And mm -hmm. so we have, we have methods to enhance the PRP to make sure that we have the best chance of success. And once we identify the tears, we just use ultrasound guidance and we inject into the different tears and it worked great for her. And she, wow. after three or four months, she was pain-free and back to working in a normal life. And it was just so nice. And she was, she was very thankful. And, and she just, you know, it's just a great story because now she's back to not having to worry about that. And at least she can continue with just living a normal life. You've ch literally changed her trajectory of her life, which can feel, I can't imagine how that felt, but um, do you find it hard because you know that you have the answers, but like here in Canada, it's kind of preventing you from making a bigger difference. Yeah, it's really frustrating. So to the point where it's like, I have to travel so much and I work so much abroad now that it's becoming to a point where, yeah, I mean, it's just like, how much longer can I stay here and put up with this? So, mm -hmm. uh, and that's really what it is. It's just, it just feels like I have a lot of tools in my toolbox to help all of these people and they're just it's just hard to access or reach them uh, which is why this whole i'm not i'm not big on i don't really care for celebrities on a personal level but from a business level it's good because treating all these high profile people really gets the word out and uh Absolutely. and kind of the route has been very successful and i'm yeah i'm now treating a lot of more and more of those type of people so it's just it's it's a good way to hopefully get the word out and reach more people why should people trust you? Because you'd mentioned that there's, you know, so many um, scam, let's say scam stem cell clinics. What what makes you different? Yeah, I, th I think the biggest thing is the fact that I'm doing scientific research, yeah. clinical trials, in addition to the kind of like the clinical side where we're treating patients. So it's not like I'm just spending all my time on that. I'm trying to innovate and continuously make things better so I can help more people. And I think that's one of the, at least as far as I know, I don't really know many other people doing that where they're trying to actively innovate in multiple areas with cell therapy and gene therapy. And then also tissue engineering, we're doing work too. So I'm really trying to invest into the infrastructure of making this field better so we can reach and help more people. So I think hopefully that speaks to the authenticity of me wanting to actually make a difference and I'm and not being in it for the wrong reasons, which I think a lot of clinics are. 
And then the other big thing is I think as a Canadian physician, most stem cell clinics are owned by business operators. Uh, they're not mm -hmm. physicians. They're not physicians. They're and if even if they are physicians, a lot of them are American, which is very different culture. Uh, for, just from a financial perspective, they they tend to talk a lot more about that stuff, and they're driven a lot more by that. Whereas Canadian doctors, that in our in our teachings, we never really talk about that, and that's just not our main focus. So our main focus is about patient care and patient centered care, and thinking about how to make them better. And that's that's kind of the approach I take. How long do you typically spend with a patient like when they come to see you? What is the the process like typically? Yeah, I mean, we make it pretty easy. Like you can literally just go on our website, eterna.health, and you can just go book an appointment. Okay. Now, once you go into that book appointment vortex, uh, there, there's there's just a, a lot of people you can imagine who are reaching out to us. So it, sometimes it may take some time, but there, I have other doctors working for me now, uh, just because uh -huh. it's, it's impossible for me to see everyone. Uh, but for me personally, I'll I'll spend forty five minutes to an hour trying to go through everything. Wow. Uh, it depends. It really depends on what they're coming in for. Some obviously, there's a lot of people just coming in for anti aging, longevity. That stuff is yeah. very straightforward. But then there's a lot of patients with like Lyme disease, toxic mold, chronic illness, uh, fibromyalgia. Uh, chronic fatigue, like all these complex conditions, like multiple sclerosis, like those conditions are not easy to treat and they're not easy to tease out like what the root cause is and how to really get them better. So it's it's a lot of times that takes additional investigative work and a collaborative approach where I'm working with other scientists or healthcare workers to kind of really figure out the root cause and then restore that by using a what I like to call an amplified approach where we're amplifying the therapies by combining multiple mechanistic modalities cool cool you you call you what is you're saying medicine 4.0 can you explain what that what that is yeah i can i just have <laughs> to give you a history lesson yeah okay uh so basically <laughs> uh i mean medicine started out in the old ages let's say like hippocrates era where we're and kind of until the 1800s where it was really not based in any sort of real evidence and it was just kind of essentially like bloodletting, like, you, you know, uh, whatever people thought would work. And we didn't really have a scientific method to perpetuate our, our understanding. And so that was kind of medicine 1.0. And then medicine okay. 2.0 really became when Louis Pasteur and, you know, the microbiologists who figured out the germ theory. And then we started understanding, oh, there's something called germs and there's microorganisms. And then doctors started washing their hands. And, and then we, <laughs> and there was, and then there was pharmaceuticals, obviously, that started coming out of this, which work great for infectious diseases. Like they work amazing for if you have an infection and you need to not die from that infection and antibiotic yeah. will save your life. So mm -hmm. things were very life-saving and changing and the same thing with vaccines. So we, we kind of got into this amazing era of helping with all these different acute illnesses and learning how to prevent certain diseases. But then what happened as modern society advanced, unfortunately, is we got modern diseases, which has not been seen until the last like, like 50 years, basically, which is yeah. this epidemic of obesity, diabetes, dementia, and cardiovascular disease and cancer. These are all interlinked because they're all related to lifestyle. Uh, and so this, this became an epidemic. And so medicine 3.0 is a term coined by Peter Tia, I believe, who said that it's basically the idea of using interventions such as exercise and lifestyle to be able to prevent these chronic diseases, mm. which I think is great. And that's that's something that we're trying to do too. We have we do have a fitness tech company that that's trying to scale this operation of making 
fitness more accessible to the average person by having coaches and using machine learning. It's called Exalt, X-A-L-T. And it's a pretty cool service just to help people afford. Because honestly, let's be realistic. Most people know what to do. It's just how do we get them to stick to it? And yeah. how do we actually get them to find out the right person or the right coach so that they have the sustainability? And I think gamification and there's different tricks that we're using in our in our app to kind of help people. But I yeah. think having a real person coach you is so important, but it's just about getting the price low enough so that people can afford it. And mm -hmm. and then ideally one day having insurance companies to pay for it, because if you're an employer and your employee decides to do this stuff, they're going to have better productivity. And uh, this, this has been shown in studies, something like 2.4 return on investment, meaning if you invest into health and wellness for your employees, you can get a 2.4 return on productivity from that employee. So it's actually better for employers to do that. Yeah. So it's still, it still kind of baffles me that there's not a huge in investment into preventative health and exercise and getting that, it should be as accessible as possible, meaning subsidize and incentivize so that people want to do it. Or else it's just, you know, or else we're just fighting a reactive model, which is still what the state in it. And so, Medicine 4.0, which is to me the the progressive evolution on this, is essentially using cell and gene therapy to prevent chronic disease, and then using cell and gene therapy to also continue health span, which means giving people more good years of living a good, high quality life. And that's what we can do. And now, and I, what what would be amazing one day is where you can go to your family doctor and get these cell and gene therapies mm. for years. And then you you can really prevent many chronic diseases because we know they can by keeping your body health because we're slowing down aging. And yeah. if we're slowing down aging, aging is the biggest risk factor for every chronic disease. So obviously it's going to help with all the other issues. I love it. And I 100% I agree. I feel like this needs to be offered more through the traditional healthcare system. Is there, I mean, I, mean, I know you've touched on this a little bit through our, our talk, but why don't you think this is being offered or why do you think Canada is so behind in all of this? Our regulators are just uneducated and unfortunately our government policies, it's just, it's all about who the next election. They're not really thinking about long-term. So they're just thinking about how to get reelected and not really thinking about how to solve problems on a large scale. So I just don't think they're incentivized to think about, okay, because this because to fix this problem is a it's probably like a multi-decade project. It can be fixed, but I think it would it would take probably 20 years. But it can wow. be done. But unless but no one's willing to it just it doesn't make sense from a from a politician standpoint to be investing in something like that because they're not they're not going to see the uh, um, rewards for that. So they don't they really don't care. Uh, which is such a shame yeah. uh, because that and that's kind of how our countries run. And that's why other countries like Japan and even Middle East, like Dubai, they, they don't really care so much about the pharmaceuticals and the lobbyists and, and the politics of all of it. They just care about doing what's best and right for their people. And, mm. uh, and that's uh, not a shock. Shockingly, that's not a, a terrible approach to take. But for whatever reason, they just don't want to take it here. Wow. Wow. Well, this has been really informative. I love this. I'm going to actually go back and listen to it and I'm going to make an appointment to see you. How can our listeners connect with you? And, um, you know, even, you know, I know you said you have a website, but do you have um, social media? How do you normally connect with people? Yeah, no, my, my Instagram is pretty active. It's uh, at dr.acon, K-H-A-N. And we do have TikTok, the regen doc, I believe. And it's funny because 
I never thought we'd be getting baby boomers from TikTok, but we do. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. Uh, people, people in their sixties, literally, I'll be like, "How'd you find me?" They'll be like, "TikTok." I'm like, "Well." My oh, dad okay. watches TikTok all the time, and he's yeah, exactly. So, so, can see that. <laughs> so it's a it's a thing now. So it's uh it's it's where we uh, put a lot of our videos as well. So yeah, so t uh, it's the TikTok and Instagram uh, either way, and we're pretty accessible. We try to check. I have a team who helps me with messages, but also you can usually, if not me, one of my doctors will see you. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking time and educating us today. I would love to have you back on again. Um, and I look forward to connecting with you. All right. Thanks. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barnabelle Pay. Take care and stay strong.